1: We love connecting with you on social media. We'll bring encouragement, scripture, giveaways, and more to your social media feed. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Lifeway Women.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Mark Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Hyman, and I am here with my co host, Kelly King. Hey, Kelly. Hey
2: Elizabeth, this is really fun today because we get to have one of our LifeWay friends with us.
0: I know. We always love to get to talk with our coworkers and friends at LifeWay because um, we are a company that gets to resource the church, and so we love to hear how everybody does that in their job. So Jana Magruder is our guest today. So Jana, tell us about yourself and your family and what you do at LifeWay.
1: Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you both for having me. I'm super excited because I'm a listener of Marked and of course a big fan of just both of you and Lifeway Women in general. So I'm excited to be here. Um. So about me, I am wife to Michael and we have been married. Uh, we're celebrating 25 years in like a month. So wow, congratulations. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um It's really hard to believe how fast that has gone, Um, but yeah, 25 years. We have three teenagers, uh, ages 14, 17, and 19, so we are in the throes of that phase of parenting. Yes. Um, Two boys and a girl. Our daughter is the oldest, Uh, so she has two teenage brothers to contend with this summer, so (laughs) that's it's always interesting, yes. Yes. So, um, yeah, and I've been at LifeWay for nine years. Uh, I moved here from um, Austin, Texas. So I'm a Texas girl that moved to Tennessee, and uh, I love both states, but mm. my heart, of course, is in Texas. If you all know, we're very obnoxious about our state. I just yes. got back, in fact, from from being there for a week, visiting family and friends. So I um, came from church staff doing children's ministry at Austin Stone, and, uh, and then and came to LifeWay to uh, lead the publishing area of the LifeWay Kids uh, Department, uh, which is all things kids ministry, and um, have led in a, a few different capacities. Currently, my role is focused on strategic initiatives, so basically looking ahead to what's next for us, what projects are next, what's strategic for us to, to do, what relationships um, are key and things like that. So I'm really enjoying that.
2: I I just don't think it's kind of like Lifeway Women. Some people tend to think of Lifeway Women as maybe a Bible study or an event, and Lifeway Kids is so multifaceted. So you're talking curriculum and VBS and some events and training, and it's a it's a huge part of Lifeway, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. Uh, we have a department of about forty right now, um, and. They are working in the capacity of editorial work, design work, training. Um, We do events. So we have a, a huge conference in the fall called Etch family ministry conference, and then we have VBS preview events that are kind of scattered across the country to give everybody a sneak peek into what VBS is going to be, Um, and yeah, so VBS curriculum, Sunday school curriculum, Bible study curriculum for kids, devotionals, um, and yeah everything in between.
2: Oh, and, and you guys, I mean, everything is done with such excellence. Yes. So it's always fun well, to see you. what y'all are doing. It really is. Thank well, you. okay, this episode is, is coming out right around the time that school, in fact, school may have already started for some of our listeners.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: so we just wanted to spend some time talking about, you know, how we prepare our hearts and how we kind of get our kids ready and our families and our ministries, you know, we're kind of geared towards that. So first of all, let's just start with, do you have any words of encouragement from moms as they're getting ready to send the kids back. to Now, I know there's some moms who are like, I don't need any encouragement. I'm ready. <laughs> but I, I think I cry. I mean, it wasn't that I was sad, but I think there was a tearful moment almost every time I sent my kids back to school.
1: Oh, I know. I, I totally agree. Same here. Um, I still mourn the preschool and uh, elementary years with my kiddos. So mm-hmm. my first piece of advice would be to just enjoy in, in the midst of how stressful it can be, please, please enjoy these years because um, on the other side, it, it, it goes by so fast. And so take the pictures, do, you know, get the outfits, uh, get the teacher gifts, go all in and just simply enjoy this time because it is a, a fun time. Um, the other piece of advice I would give, um, I don't know if y'all remember, uh, I, I did a blog post for Lifeway Women, um, called Pencils Over Sharpies. And this was during,
0: um, oh.
1: COVID when nobody kind of knew what, what was next and how do you make plans and, uh, and certainly how do you plan a calendar, um, so I called it pencils over Sharpies. If we use our uh-huh. pencils and just have that mindset almost instead of, you know, a permanent Sharpie, um, I think that that can really sort of um, intentionally take some of the stress of, of the calendar away. So not just during COVID, I'm starting to realize that that's just a good uh, philosophy to adopt um, as we're, you know, I have these big wall calendars um, in my kitchen, where we put, you know, key events that are coming up on our, in our family and in school and church and things like that. And I still use a paper planner. I also use a Google calendar because my yes. husband insists. <laughs> but I still, for some reason, love that paper calendar. And so that the mindset, not just the tool, a pencil over a Sharpie, but the mindset that things can, we can hold things loosely. Mm -hmm. And that way, you know, our schedule can, um, really yield to what needs to happen. So if that is, you know, maybe not doing some events because, uh, the family just needs to, to pause and, and, um, and be together and just have some rest, uh, then, then you allow yourself to do that. Um, and so, yeah, those two things come to mind in terms of just going back to school and getting ready to just throw everything back in as, as you've come out, you know, coming off of vacation and just a more relaxed schedule. Yeah.
0: I, I think that's a good mentality for everybody. Not just moms is <laughs> to have that like pencil mentality instead of the Sharpie mentality. I think, yeah, just like you said, COVID has, uh, introduced or, uh, deepened that need for us, but then, um, or taught us, I guess, how to have that mentality a little bit more. Um, and so that's a good, a good mentality to have. So, as you mentioned, um, your daughter has been off to college. You sent her off to college, and so yes. back to school has maybe meant something different for you um, this, like this past year. So, what encouragement or advice do you have for moms who are sending their kids to college?
1: Well, I don't know if I'm in the advice category yet. Okay, <laughs> it's still so new, but I will tell you a couple of things that I learned or I'm learning. Um, along the way. So, yes, she just finished her freshman year okay. and um, is home for the summer. And it's hard to believe how fast that went by. And I would put freshman, um, college freshman in another big milestone category in parenting. So, um, if we can acknowledge like this is a big deal and then really allow ourselves to enjoy it because again, it goes by so fast. I can hardly believe that a year has gone by and then the dynamics sort of changes. They go into their next few years, but that freshman year is, is certainly a, um, a milestone where you're going um, from that, uh, Counselor mode to a consulting mode mm. um, is what Focus on the Family calls these different stages of parenting, and so um, being prepared to allow yourself and allow your child to um, you know ease more into independence, and you as the mom become more of a consultant, and so I we straddle that fence of counselor and consultant. It, at this age, 19. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly as the years come, you know, keep going, it will be more of a consulting type mindset. Um, yeah. And the other thing I would say is be prepared for the dynamic of your whole household to really change. Mm-hmm. So if you are parenting, even if you're parenting just one, but certainly if you're parenting, um, more than one child, uh, that, that, and your first one is going off to school and the other two are there. Our whole household changed overnight. Mm-hmm. It seemed like, and I don't know if I was totally prepared for that. So, um, my two boys, my two teenage boys, you know, are here and it's like, she left and all of a sudden it was like, I felt like a boy mom. Like it was like a boy house. Yeah. Um, and that, that in and of itself, you know, my refrigerator looks different. Um, uh, my laundry is, you know, significantly, uh, well, I will say different, not more because there's one <laughs> child left. I mean, uh, less, but um, but yeah, uh, be prepared for that dynamic. And then as your college age child or just some a, a child that has left home for, um, you know, traveling or right. working or, you know, there's all different kinds of things. Um kiddos do after graduation, um, but as they're coming back, you know, for whether that's fall break, Thanksgiving, Christmas, spring break, all the breaks, um, even that dynamic has felt different, mm. and um, I, I think it's one of those things where if you're prepared for that, it's less, you know, shocking, um, but, you know, they have more independence. They um, can kind of come and go as they please. That's different, um, yeah, and um, and yeah, and then just the relationship between siblings is a little bit different as well. So mm-hmm. be prepared for that and enjoy, you know, um, that season of of watching things change really before your eyes. Yeah, I know my family dynamic is I'm the oldest
0: of two girls, and so after I left for college, it was like my sister was like an only child, sort of for the first time in her life. Yeah. Um, because she's the younger one and so I remember there was one Christmas which I laugh about this now but at the time it was not funny to me but she had just gotten a new dog and so the Christmas card that my mom sent out to everyone oh, no. was just a picture of my sister and the dog and I was like oh. am I even part of this family oh, man. <laughs> and, and my mom was like I just figured you wouldn't want uh, you did you were too old for you know photo cards or whatever and I was like, well, maybe so, but I didn't know you were going to send out one of like <laughs> just half the family. I was like, do people even know I'm still around?
1: <laughs> that is so funny, Elizabeth. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so Kelly, I wanted to ask you, because your kids ha- have, you know, gone to college, are now graduated. So what a, what would you add to what Jana said? You're maybe uh, fully into the consulting role <laughs> as a parent. So what would you add to that?
2: Well, I, I first of all, I want to say I was actually kind of writing some notes down, and yes. Jana was kind of just saying some of the things that I thought, yes, 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 because I do think you have to figure out when you when the right time is to lean in and when is the right time to leave them alone. Um, that's a real balancing act uh, of just kind of that as they do become more independent. And I agree, Jana, even just when they would come home from breaks and they would want to go out with friends or whatever, I... I didn't worry when they were at college, I didn't think about them so much as, as far as like when they got home at night or things like that, because you just didn't know. But when they were supposed to be in your house, there was kind of a feeling of like I still want to I, I need to know. I just need to know when you're gonna come back home, right. you know. Um, so those were conversations that we just kind of had to have and like, hey, look, we're all we're all figuring this out together. And and I just I realized too having a son and a daughter. Both very, very different um, in the way that they wanted me to communicate with them um, while they were away. Um, My son was like, you know, hey mom, you do not need to call me every day. You do not need to text me every day. Whatever. Um, I'm really good. I'm fine. And and my daughter was was more like, hey, you know, it was different too. I, I could go to her campus. I was on her campus once a week teaching a class. So, if you know if she was available, I might stop in or take her a cupcake or whatever. I think you know girls are different in that way, and I just learned to to do that. But yeah, that that whole kind of moving into a consultant role is is definitely. You know, you, you do have to kind of watch what you say and and how you say it, but also be there just to be ready when they're when they have questions and to be available. Which it's never convenient when you need to be available, but mm-hmm. for sure. And and I would agree with the with the younger kids um, how it changes your dynamic. Uh, even for me, when Connor left for college, I was so used to setting the table for four and. I would catch myself pulling out four plates and, you know, four knives and forks and spins. And I was like, wait, wait, there's just three of us tonight. So that that did change a little bit. But it gets it gets better and I think you you figure it out as you go for sure.
0: Okay. Now let's talk to our ministry leaders and our Sunday school teachers. Um, So Kelly and I kind of actually talked about this last week on the podcast for women's ministry leaders and just women in, in our churches. But how can our kids ministry leaders and Sunday school teachers and all volunteers, how can they keep from getting burned out in this season while still being an encouragement to kids and parents that they minister to?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I have such a heart for ministry leaders, um, having been, <clears throat> excuse me, having been one, um, and then just working with ministry leaders across the country. Um, I, it, I just have a heart for what they do and especially the ones that work with kids. Cause that's, you know, my area, um, the work is never done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a constant, constant, um, ministry, uh, And, um, I think it's important to be sure that you, um, have your own spiritual disciplines. And so I think sometimes, and I'm I'm really talking, honing in on, um, our ministry leaders at this point. I think sometimes because we live in the ministry, um, it feels like we are connected with the Bible or with prayer, um, or just having a relationship with, with the Lord. Um, but, And so it's easy maybe to let spiritual disciplines slide, you know, not be in your Bible as much Mm -hmm. or not really have a prayer life, um, an active prayer life. Um, And so I just want to... um, Um, encourage leaders to be sure that uh, you're not letting those spiritual disciplines slide, even when it feels like um, you don't want to. So I will say Bible reading, for example, is the number one thing that we as adults can do um, to grow in our faith, in our walk, um, with the Lord. And it's also, we did a research project with Lifeway Kids. The number one thing that, um, children can do to increase their faith as they grow older. So talking about college kids, I know I'm kind of going off subject here, but I'm going to come back. No, this is great. (laughs) No, this is, this is great. It's talking about college kids, and you know, we hear the scary statistics all the time, and it seems like the number gets bigger and bigger um, of how many um, college students and young adults walk away from the church. Mm-hmm. Some of them come back, many of them do not. And so the study that we did um, was to find out what can parents do right now that will make the biggest difference for their children having a lasting faith. And we have 10 results, but the number one thing by far is Bible reading. And so that was um, kind of a light bulb that went off. Um, it felt like maybe that should be obvious, but because we as parents and even ministry leaders, we chase a lot of other things that we think are going to, um, you know, assure us that our kids are going to be successful that they're going to be happy, that they're going to be um, um, productive, uh, but, but do we prioritize Bible reading? Mm. And so where I want to make draw that line is, there's also research that tells us that adults, that's the biggest thing that they can do to deepen their faith, to increase um, just their, their time and their relationship with, with God, so don't skip the Bible reading. Um, uh-huh. that's number one for me.
2: Yeah. And I'm wasn't also Christian
1: music. Wasn't music really yes. high too? Yeah. Yes. Um, it absolutely was. So Bible reading was number one, prayer was number two. So, you know, it's important to pray uh-huh. with your kids, just talking to the moms again. Um To be sure that, you know, you're modeling Bible reading and you're modeling a prayer life um, for your children, because those are the top two things. And then the next one um, was Christian music, Kelly. Uh, That one was a little bit surprising for our team. Uh Um, And I think because a lot of us, you know, we grew up in In the CCM time and, um, you know, some of us loved or were all in on some of that contemporary Christian music and some of us weren't and we felt like we were still okay, you know, Um, (laughs) or uh, some of us, uh, maybe y'all have, (laughs) tell me if you have this story, had um, like a movement, a music movement of of some kind of organization that came to your church and made you burn all your cassette tapes or your CD's. (laughs) that were secular I did not have that.
0: I did not have that, but there was a period where I was not allowed to listen to anything but Christian music. So, um, well, that's a similar good. a similar thing, but those just never made their way into our home in the first place.
1: Well, that's really good. Research tells yeah. us. Um, but I think it was surprising because we kind of felt like are we aren't we free from from some of that um but I think when you really analyze um, if kids are listening to music that has lyrics that are rich in theology mm-hmm. and doctrine um, and scripture, that that's really pointing back to that number one, which is Bible reading. Right. So, and we all know how engaging songs can be. You know, that's how yeah. we learn a lot of things. Um, we know how VBS songs get stuck in our head forever. Yes. <laughs> it's it's powerful. Music is powerful mm-hmm. and it helps it helps us um, recall scripture. Yeah. So that's I why mean, I d- think it made the top three.
0: Recently my small group at church was lear- uh, reading through Galatians and we got to the fruit of the spirit and I was like, Well, you all know the song. <laughs> and every, like <laughs> only one other person knew the song and we both sang it together and it was just one of those things that it was like, Oh, our kids, not every kid learns this song. And um, and, <laughs> and then we were like, do kids these days learn this song? Like, this is such a, like, I still sing it in my head when I have to, like, sing. name all the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, and so. Um, the books of the Bible. You yeah, know? yeah, books of the Bible, things like that. And so, uh, yeah, I could see that exactly what you said. That truth, it conveys biblical truth. And so it's a good thing. It's basically like Bible reading, but yeah. in a way that's going to stick with you. Um your whole life, yeah. like, you For know, sure. 30 years later, still singing that song.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Same here. Yeah. Well, Dana, I know there's a lot of, you know, maybe moms out there too. Maybe they've moved over the summer or maybe their kids are going to a new school or, you know, just the changes that happen. Maybe they're just going from elementary to middle school or middle school to high school. So have you ever thought about just like, what are some ways that moms or churches can even connect to to maybe new families or schools and communities? How how we can serve our communities that this way?
1: Yeah, um, well, first of all, that is not an easy thing to do. So Mm -hmm. as someone who has moved kids across the country, uh, and, and walked through different school changes and things like that, it's, it's hard. And honestly, it's getting harder because of our culture and how, um, how we tend to be a little bit more isolated than we used to and we um tend to not necessarily um naturally reach out Mm -hmm. um, and therefore there are less people naturally reaching out to you so it has to be absolutely intentional um, as you're making those changes in schools, so whether that is uh, making a concerted effort to go up to the school, introduce yourself to uh, not just the teachers but the principals and the administrative um, professionals that are there, uh, that can make a key difference. And then ask them questions about, you know, what is the best way to get involved, and so that my, so that we can meet some new families, or so that my kids can be sure to have access to lots of different kids, um, and, and friendships. Um, so I think that that's a starting point. Uh, knowing your neighbors, of course, is, is a huge thing that I feel like we're talking about a lot lately, just so that we can remind one another that community is essential. Um, and then of course your church, um, is an opportunity for, uh, uh, you know, deep community in in the faith but also just for uh, your family and your children to have connections there as well so diversify your portfolio if you will <clears throat> of yeah. seeking out different places where you can you can find that community
2: well, I know Elizabeth and I were talking yesterday even after we talked through our podcast yesterday, mm-hmm. but almost every church, I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're in a large community or a small community, um there's probably going to be a school, yes. you know, mm-hmm. somewhere close. And if there's a way that your church can partner and support and, you know, just be available to say, "Hey, we're here and we want to we want to be a help to your to your school." I think that's a big a big mm-hmm. thing we can do. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
0: Well, Jana, before we started recording, we, we talked a little bit about resources for parents, for kids ministry leaders. So let's do a quick rundown. What, what are some top resources that you would recommend, um, especially for this fall season, for our moms and for our kids ministry leaders? As
1: a resource uh, creator and provider, where do I begin? (laughs) I know, I know.
0: I'm I'm asking you to like narrow down an impossible thing. Yes, yes,
1: yes.
0: (laughs) And we'll Well, put links. Let me just say real quick, we'll put links to all of this in our show notes. So if you're driving and need to go back later and find these things, we'll have the link in the show notes for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me start by um, calling out something that we've, we've been working on recently. And that is a free resource that parents can access immediately, especially to help with discipleship at home. So um, we talk about that a lot. You know, pri- parents should be the primary disciplers of their children and partner with the church um, to to raise up a child in the faith. But don't only depend on Sunday school teachers and ministry leaders. Um, you, we as parents need to um, own that as well. So this resource would be honestly applicable to parents, but also to ministry leaders and Sunday school teachers. It's um, a framework that helps us disciple kids at every different age and stage of their life. Um, in ten different biblical concepts. So it's it really gives us a a recipe, if you will, for how to to do that as your kids are in different stages. So the, the URL, the website is lifeway.com slash ages and stages. Uh-huh. And so once you go there, you will be able to click on um, the age of your child and whether that's a younger preschooler, like a toddler or a middle preschooler, older preschooler, early early elementary, middle elementary, preteen, really all the way up to high school. So it's a plan that starts with birth and goes all the way to graduation. So you click on the age of your child and um, it will tell you what different, um, really theological things that they can really understand at that season in that phase. Um, and therefore it kind of takes some guesswork out of, um, you know, how do I teach my child this concept and what can they really understand? You know, they're, they're really concrete thinkers right now, especially in, uh, preschool and early elementary. Mm -hmm. How do I teach things, um, that are more abstract? It walks you through, um, that kind of thing in a systematic way. So I th- that's a free resource. It's, um, um, extremely, um, helpful in different, uh, uh scenarios, church and home. So I want to call that out for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about, uh, we have magazines and devotionals that, um, really apply to each age group, um, kids, parents, adults, teenagers. The one that, uh, we steward in my team is called parent life. Mm -hmm. And that is a resource that comes out monthly and is just one of those things. I love magazines. I love to flip through them and, and be able to read an article and see, you know, beautiful design, um, and things like that. So parent life is one that I like to call out. We also have devotionals that are monthly for kids in different, uh, age groups. Um, and those are resources that a lot of churches have access to. So I would ask uh, ministry your your children's minister if they uh, have Parent Life or um, the Lifeway devotionals for kids. Um, there are we have other you know resources that I could keep talking about. But Elizabeth, <laughs> you said you had some that you wanted to call out too. Yes,
0: we have a couple of Bible studies that are specifically for moms, and I think they would be very helpful um, if you are. Just learning to as you learn to mom and mother people and um and do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. and they're both by Jeannie Cunyon. One is called Mom Set Free and then one is called Never Alone. And so I just think those will be an encouragement to a lot of moms. I've heard from my friends who are moms that love it and it's just been a a helpful thing for them as well and there's as also Christ-centered parenting. yes, right. So yeah, that's yes. a good one too yeah, that's a great one. And we also have um, blog posts on lifewaywomen.com of Bible studies that you can do with your kids. Um, and so that's always fun. So if you're looking for like Bible study material, just check out. Uh, LifeWay, and we'll put some links and show notes to some of those blog posts as well. So yeah, we have lots of resources, just like you said, Jana. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of
2: resources. Well, Jana, we want to ask you our question that we ask every guest, and that is, what has marked you in your walk with Christ?
1: Yeah, I love this question, and I've loved listening to the answers uh, that your guests have had. Uh, I think that's really neat to to um, highlight that in each show. Um, I'm going to give what seems like an obvious Sunday school type answer, um, and that is the church. So I mean that in the capital C way and in the lower lower C way, the local church. Um, I've been uh, marked by the local church for my whole life. Um so I grew up in a ministry home and therefore that meant that I lived up at the church. Uh so I was there, you know, three or four times a week and um and was profoundly impacted by just the people that poured into my life in every stage. So Sunday school teachers, um youth pastors, um and just friends of my parents um, that would make an investment in, in me all throughout um, my time growing up. And then certainly as, you know, I moved on and, um, and got into ministry and then now at LifeWay serving the local church um, has been extremely impactful. I will say um, that one of the biggest reasons for that is because I think I took for granted how incredible it is for a child to have other adults in their lives that are pouring into them. Mm. And it turns out that research affirms that and says that when kids have other people, other adults um, that are not their parents, that are also saying the same discipleship mm. um, things. So that's Sunday school teachers. That's other people of the church. They're saying those same things. I call them echoes. Your parents are saying it at home. Your your other adults that are pouring into your kids' lives are saying it at church. And those two things together are make a huge impact um, for uh, the rest of their lives. So yeah. the church is where we find those. Healthy uh, relationships that uh, can help us as we as we grow and as we parent um, and lead kids. So th- that's my answer. The church. Well, you know, I don't think that's such a Jesus answer.
2: I think that's a really <laughs> heartfelt answer because yeah. I. I mean, I can. I mean, I can think of just teachers in my past of a Mrs. Carter and a Mrs. Thompson who poured into me. And, you know, I remember uh, Mrs. Thompson was my grade school, you know, Sunday school teacher. And I ended up at a church as a married adult. And she was in that church. And I went to her and I said, I just want to tell you, I'm so sorry that I was so bad in your class. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't remember you being bad. And I was like, I do. I really do remember like not not obeying or being disobedient. <laughs> but um you know those those adults they really do make such a difference in yeah, our life for sure.
0: Definitely. Absolutely. Um, well Jana, we we were wondering if we could end this podcast episode with a little something different. Um because we do know that so many kids are going back to school, teachers are going back to school, ministry leaders are starting everything back up. Would you mind praying for the kids, the teachers, the parents and the ministry leaders in this next season? I would love to.
1: Great. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for all the listeners out there, Lord, moms and ministry leaders. Um, and during this season of life, Lord, as we are sending kids back to school in really such an uncertain time in our culture, would you give them a fresh dose of peace as they enter the school year, Lord? Would you calm Um, any nerves, um, our worries, our fears, um, just with your presence, Lord, um, that we would have just hope through your word and um, through the promises of the scriptures, Lord. I pray that um, you would uh, just give us a... I hope for this new school year, Lord, and uh, that you would surround us, these families that are represented on this podcast, Lord, you would surround these families, Lord, with your people, uh, that they would be able to um, foster friendships, Lord, and um, surround themselves with community, Lord. We know that you desire that. And so we pray for that um, in intentional ways, Lord, as the school year begins. So. Thank you. Thank you for um, blessing us. Thank you for um, giving us um, yourself and especially your son in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen.
2: Yeah. Jana, thanks again so much for joining us this week. This has been a fun time just getting to have you on. We'll try to have you back on at another time because there's a lot of things we could talk about. Yes. With, with Lifeway Kids. So We appreciate that so much. I would love to. Yes. Listeners, thanks again for joining us this week. And we hope you'll join us next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at Ed Heineman.
0: Use the hashtag #MarkedPodcast podcast to connect with us. You can also find LifeWay Women on all social media channels at LifeWay Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifeWayWomen.com podcast. If you love the show, leave an
2: iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.